Training, mindset, integrity, incremental improvement. What can you do better today? Start right here with the Pendola Project. Hey guys, welcome back to the Pendola Project. I'm your host, Matt Pendola, along with Aaron Pendola. Hello guys, hope you're having a great week. Aaron, what are we talking about today? So we are talking about getting back into the gym after the closure and our new kind of perspective and if things have changed, what has changed, what's our focus now, how are we adapting in the gym? Yeah, and then also we get into talking about how we suggest you train coming back into your gym. So this is uh, one of those type of shows where we're trying to give you some insight how we do it and hopefully that can help you give you some ideas about how you may do it so regardless of what your current fitness level is i i think you'll get a lot out of this one how do we get back to what we were doing before but really again we're in the new normals is what we've been saying so there there are some changes i think we all have to adjust to but we can do it we can get there yeah absolutely it's interesting hearing our clients, you know, coming back this now the second week back and there are some varying opinions on how things are going. Um, all positive, but just, yeah, just different opinions about it. So it has been kind of interesting. Culture is so important. I think that, um, what you're saying so true. I've heard a lot of people talking about a lot of silver linings about what's been going on for them during this time. There are obviously some some drawbacks. And I, for example, I have some athletes that I would really love to have back in here, but they have family members that are at risk and they can't come back in and I was really looking forward to working with them again but uh, they have to be careful so they are still in quarantine and and um, that's a a few of my athletes in particular it's kind of uh, wasn't planning on that so they're going to continue to do their home uh, training sessions on their own but uh, the other athletes coming in are just kind of happy so happy to be back I do have a couple athletes that choose to wear their masks um, some uh, most don't and that's it just I think it depends on the situation in our facility we happen to have a private gym it, so it's it's different that way for us than it is in in public gyms but uh, I think that's um, that's that's something people can get kind of heated up about. If some people, I think, even get upset with um, with somebody who's not wearing their mask, for example, and other people don't just don't think that way at all. Have you noticed that? Yeah, it's hard to keep up with what you're supposed to do in each situation because we've talked about this so much. Like, well, you can go into a restaurant, you can sit at a table inside or out. You don't have to have a mask on. Everyone's there. Um, but your server's wearing a mask. So, okay, that doesn't make as much sense to me. Same situation with massage. I, as the therapist, have to wear a mask, but my client doesn't. So I guess, yeah, it's just very confusing on how to decide when it's appropriate and when it's not necessary. So I think, like you said, you know, if there's a client, I haven't personally had any of my clients choose to wear a mask in here, but by all means, if that's your personal preference and that makes you feel safe then absolutely you can do that yeah and of course it's all relative because you talk about the restaurant for example versus training in gym of course you're going to breathe harder you're going to potentially uh, have a little bit more 
uh, distance in the gym than you would in other places where um, you, you're, not, you're not going to have that same type of um, uh, heavy breathing or have that uh, potential for transference, right? So that, I think that's where it can make it a little bit different. And I know it's when, been different in here even for us is just – man, I, this place constantly just smells like uh, bleach, right? Yeah, and we're, my sister was asking me that the other day. She said, what what protocol did you guys have to check off the list to reopen? I said, well, that's the interesting part is we pretty much have followed these guidelines even before they were guidelines. You know, we're always at 50% or less capacity just by the nature of our training. We're constantly wiping down equipment in between people using it. Um yeah, so to me, it's like our world hasn't changed that much in here, aside from like what we mentioned, if you are choosing to wear a mask or not. That would be the, I think, the main difference now. Yeah, the, I think the only real difference is I didn't always um, ask my clients to just sort of constantly clean up after themselves right away, versus now I think it's a little bit more, okay, as soon as we're done with your, as soon as you're done with that bench, you you need to wipe it down fully before we move on. So we don't forget that sort of thing. Yeah, I guess I said nothing's changed, but in that sense where I like to train in a bit of a circuit style and now you have to pick and choose because you can't have somebody say doing a sled pole and then going right to the ropes where that next person's going to come and grab what that person just grabbed you have to have time to if you're going to do that you have to have time to go and wipe everything down before they can come back around so i guess it has changed the programming a little bit but not to me in a significant way that's making it you know impossible i know with online training that's another variable and i mentioned before we we have a few athletes that need to continue to do online training but i've actually gotten athletes that also have said i i kind of like the online options i didn't realize i was going to like that as much as i do can i actually come in less and do more of the online and and certainly at least in our position in this point in our careers, we're, we're trying to actually do less in the trenches, so to speak. So we're, we're totally up for that. That's, and it makes me feel like all the hours we put into actually putting our apps together is, is, is worth it, right? It wasn't just for 10 weeks. We're going to actually grow the app from here. And uh, we've actually had some of the listeners. I know you're talking to one of our listeners uh, tomorrow about using our training app here. Actually, I just spoke with him this morning. Oh, okay. Yeah, in between um, clients. And yeah, he, he lives in Indiana and he heard us actually on Chad Belding's The Foul Life podcast. You and Chad had done an interview uh, I guess that was about a month or so ago. And he, yeah, I just spoke with him and he sounds very interested. I gave him the whole layout. He was a little, I mean, like with anybody that's never done completely online or on their own training, he had some questions understandably about, so how is this exactly going to work? But I told him the great thing is you can try it for four weeks, your first progression, you decide it's not for you, then no, no hurt feelings, no offense taken. And you can, you can choose to go another route. So, um, it does open up. Yeah. I can train someone in Indiana and I'm here in Reno and it's, it's great. I'll tell you what I like about the online options. First of all, I'm well aware that I could not have afforded a personal trainer or a strength coach um, when I was younger, uh, especially when I was a competitive athlete. Um, so if I had to, um, if I had options back then of having an online option, I could have afforded that 
and then just maybe have a coaching call to understand the platform a little better or understand some of the details about the training. And so that's where, you know, I do, I think it takes a little bit uh, more initiative initially to get set up for online training program, but it's a lot more cost effective, but also time management wise. I know that um, time is, I mean, I, I've, I'm getting up 345 now, getting to my workout at around four in the morning. And, uh, the, you know, I do that because uh, I don't have time later in the day. And, and uh, that's, that's in itself an example of, I don't think there's many coaches or trainers that would meet me at the gym at four in the morning. So, so uh, that's where having your own your own online app really works. And uh, what I have been told, I'll finish with this on this part, but what I've been told is that uh, the online app are great for people who actually did convert their gyms or their their home garages or basements or, or what have you. And now uh, because they are paying for an app, they're paying that $100 or whatever it is to get the programs that they're doing they're they are more committed to actually doing it and they want to continue with it and actually by putting a little skin in the game uh, they're more likely to continue to to do it they don't want to waste that money so so you know there there are some positives to that for sure um you know as opposed to paying 150 dollars for a single session with with us and so it's a lot more cost effective you, you get a month of training um, or or pay even more than that for just, just a single session, right? So very cost-effective, I think. And, uh, again, that's another silver lining because um, there's a lot of people, I think, actually who are getting more complete and total training by by doing the online training. They're getting all of it, whereas they, they might not have gotten something like that before. What type of um, goals that we have, and that's a very important part I wanted to get into next, Versus uh, in 2020, when it first started off, a lot of people probably set up new goals for themselves. And now, of course, especially if you chose a competition that is no longer exists or they had to cancel for this year, postpone possibly, but most of them are canceled. You don't have that immediate goal in front of you or a goal within a few months or even by the end of the year, possibly. So time to sort of reestablish what you want to do for 2020, possibly. And that's uh, that's something I wanted to bring up just because we're halfway through the year and we're kind of in that spot where a lot of people probably aren't used to creating new goals for themselves halfway through the year. Although if you're like me, I'm, I'm always telling my athletes we should really be looking at about a few months at a time. I'd ra- I, I prefer doing it that way, a um, few weeks to a few months at a time, rather than looking at the entire, uh, entire year, at least until we're more established. But um, what, about, what about you? Have you noticed that uh, that's been a difference or a change with your clients with new goals? Yeah, I had um, a couple situations where myself included, you know, planning to do something last month, May you know you're planning that from the beginning of the year even prior to that like you're we looked at races and we're going to plan these out I talked to a few people about doing a sprint triathlon because I've never done that before so we kind of had a little group that was discussing doing that that would have been next month um, in July so that's kind of all out the door right now so it, it, it can be a little bit discouraging at first but I think now getting a chance what I've told how I like to phrase it is you're not starting over, you're just resetting. So just because this thing that you had planned isn't going to happen, what else can you do now? And and you can plan forward from there and you can still make that your goal. It's just maybe going to be a few more months 
you know, in the future than what you had planned. But I mean, I think about the Olympics. I mean, gosh, I can't, I, I don't even have any idea how, how people train for that. And then now, okay, now we're going to bump it up a year. I mean, you can speak to that, how they progress their clients to peak or clients, excuse me, athletes to peak obviously at the Olympics. And now does that just totally screw everything up? How does that work? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And I'll, I'll be honest, I, I feel, I feel for athletes that were planning on uh, peaking earlier and now they have to sort of postpone that. But again, I try to think about silver lining. Gabby Williams is about to come in next hour and she's going to do a podcast with us. So that'll be our next podcast guys with Gabby, Gabby Williams. So she's a professional basketball player. She is going to be playing for France at the next Olympics, which again is postponed, like you said, till next summer. But, uh, but the, their team is, I think already been selected for the most part. So they meet next month. I'm trying to help her get ready for that as well. And I can tell you in her case, it's a silver lining because she has been nonstop really since I started working with her at 15, but especially once she became a professional basketball player, WNBA, and then also playing overseas. And it does not stop. And she was telling me that one of her teammates has played for 18 consecutive seasons. That'd be nine years without stopping. Uh, Gabby herself has done a couple years that way. Now her body really needs a break. And so uh, not only her, but also other athletes that I really feel like were a little too cyclic. So what I mean by that is like they're constantly working on their sports and their skill sets, but very repetitive actions over and over and over and over again to get better at those actions. That is what you need to do. But without any breaks in your training plan and in your com- competitions, that can really be destructive over time on the body. So I've actually, uh, I don't have control of that as a strength coach. And that's always, to be honest with you, been one of my frustrations. It's okay, we're going from club uh, sport to now the school sport. to, And we're going, you know, similar to Gabby, where there's never really an off season. And the bodies are constantly just being sort of overreached and overtrained and the athletes constantly trying to recover enough to be able to uh, get back to the, you know, their best. And it's just chasing our tails. So coming back into this, the athletes that I have seen, we've actually, they are pretty good about doing their protocol and staying up with their body weight movements, exercises. But uh, it's been great because most of them are actually coming in really healthy and strong and ready to, um, well, healthy to get strong again. Um, and that's, and that's, I think, and in part a blessing that they've had the ability to take a more extended break. And what I've been telling them is keep that in mind for the future, uh, because it's like pulling teeth, trying to convince athletes they should actually take some time off. And then of course, it's also, it's even worse when you're talking about other coaches get involved that are actually say running a club and convincing the athletes they need to specialize all the time and so soon in their lives and so that's that's also been you know interesting to to see that and and finally i wanted to just talk about training though so for you guys that are getting back into the gym you know what what are we doing with ourselves with our athletes 
And what do we suggest you do getting back into your gym? So wherever that's going to be, we're just going to start off with if you've been doing body weight training versus no training at all, where, where do we start? So I would say no training at all, and you will assume that before uh, COVID, you were, you were weight training. We don't want to get right back into the, the, the weights at the, at the same weights you were doing before. And of course, not the same amount of volume you're doing before. That would be silly. So a lot of times I do like to start my athletes off with uh, calisthenics and I will really focus. So that's their body weight type of movements. And there, of course, there are plenty of regressions and progressions to, to anything body weight. You know, you don't have to just do a standard push up because it's a body weight movement that could actually be too much for one person and, and yet not challenging enough for another person. So, uh, I may have somebody do, um, a push up uh, elevated their feet elevated to make it harder, but we're maybe still working on that push up. but I will focus more on eccentrics and isometrics in those positions and just kind of get their give their bodies a chance to just really adapt to its environment again and to respond to what we're doing and then you know we slowly start adding more volume or and or more uh, weight or intensity so then over time of course we're going to reintroduce their weights until they're back to where they were before and then hopefully they're able to actually uh, get a little bit stronger than before w- using that type of ramp. And, and that's, that's where we really want to focus on. So many of my athletes coming in right now, uh, they've actually said to me, uh, coach, um, are we, uh, uh, what weight do I use or what's, you know, what, where, where are we starting from? Like, uh, well for you, your body weight is good right now. Um, and we do body weight testing the first day with all our athletes regardless. And then for some others, I am giving some, uh, some added external weight because they have been keeping up pretty well with their programming, but, uh, usually just time under tension. I just, I slow the movements down enough. I work enough on yielding isometrics where, for example, you are just in uh, that Bulgarian squat and you're holding your position at the sticking point, the hardest point, and you're just breathing in that position. I've talked about that before, but you know, no harm, no foul. If, if the, if the session that they did the first week, if they didn't really get much soreness from it, if they, if they felt good, but like, uh, man, I could definitely do more. Great. Let's just add more. But, you know, starting the first day at a total of, you know, 300 reps. um, And I I say that because I was literally talking to an athlete that did that and could barely move the next day. And and the crazy part is it's like a badge of honor. Right. And it just frustrates me. So uh, what about you with with your your clients um, or, or yourself? What, what's been going on? Yeah, I would say it's it. I do have a few different situations where my my morning core group that I have um, they kept up pretty well throughout this time with their body weight programming and, and doing some outside running and walking and things. So we did the first day. Yes, we did our strength test, which is all body weight, 10 movements to get an idea. And what I said before, I like to use the word reset. So they don't come in and think, oh my gosh, we're starting over. No, we're resetting. We're just getting a new set point. We're just going to see. And honestly, everyone's done so amazingly well because, well, A, they kept up with what they've been doing, but B, they're so happy to just be back in here. But there is part of that, and, I, and I've done it myself, where you kind of have to say, okay, slow down a little bit because you get so excited and you just want to do more and more and more. Um, just 
need to have a little patience and and know that it's coming it's going to happen so we just completed our second week um of training today was the the second week and already i'm like see you guys are already getting back a lot of what you had before so it just takes a little bit of patience and i'm telling them by the the end of this four-week progression um you'll be surprised at at how much you've gotten back yeah uh, focus on intentional tension so fit is the acronym i came up with um, a couple years ago and i just i've been reiterating that quite a bit to my clients And, and the t stands for tension but also technique and uh and 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 just time time under tension of course so this is where a lot of times we have to get humble and we have to realize that uh taking uh taking less weight doing a weight would say uh 40 to 50 percent of what we were using before but holding that weight in a yielding isometric position like i mentioned before um, that's going to be a lot more joint friendly yet really get our nervous system to start to make some positive adaptions and uh, and and really that's how honestly I like to start training programs period whether or not we've been coming back from this or not it just means that this time of year we're in a different phase than we normally are in our summer programs with our our athletes and um, you know a couple of them brought up good points to me well <clears throat> Um, am I going to be ready for this fall um, at training this way? And I said, well, of course, we are going to get you ready, yes, but we can't rush the process. And what you mentioned before, if, if you've been doing training sessions at least once a week in this whole time, uh, then uh, when I'm talking about strength training sessions in particular, then odds are you have maintained your strength and uh and so you you've been able to hold on to most of that and depending on what you're using if it's again if you paid attention to time under tension during this this time period and if you've been following say a program and uh you do it at least once a week then i think you're in pretty good shape but um you know after after especially a uh, a few weeks if if you've done nothing or none of this then you know we really do have to completely reset and then just see where you're at and i don't know necessarily where an athlete's at just because of what they've done before if they took 10 full weeks off i treat them more like a newbie um understanding that they will probably come back quicker but still i'd like i'd rather take that slower so that's the main thing i would emphasize to people is you can always decide that it wasn't enough and keep ramping up that's you know rather than spending that first week realizing that you just injured yourself or that you just have to take another week off because you can barely move yeah, that that is such a valid point because, like I said, you you want to so badly just get in there and do what you were doing before, and I completely sympathize and understand that mentality because that's how I am with things. And but it really will benefit so much more if you can just ease your way back into it and just be patient because you'll do yes yeah, so much more harm than good if you just decide that okay, I ended with this three months ago so i'm going to pick up right where i left off it'll probably end up being more of a negative than a positive yeah and i would just finish my thoughts with um well i guess a couple main thoughts one again most of the clients that i'm talking to working with they did maintain at least but the nice thing is 
because they are not worried about competition, a lot of them actually are they have a better base and they're building a very strong base. So it's probably going to be 2021 that we see the results in their competition from this base. But I bet you we're going to see some pretty great performances coming out of 2021 because of this. And because we actually got back to the basics and really reinforced that base for a long period of time. And uh, it, as a, a trainer, I just try to keep it fresh. So that's the main thing. Like I don't give the same eccentric, you know, movement every day. I don't give the same isometric holds. I don't, you know, we vary that up, but we do make sure that we are uh, training pretty frequently. And that's where I think, I don't know, some people may disagree with me on that, but I believe in high frequency. So when, when I have somebody who has, uh, you know, has to ramp back up, I'm still wanting them to do something every day. And I really just don't want to have them get, get into the point where they're too broke, broken down. So leave your ego at the door and let's do just enough today that we can actually repeat some frequency tomorrow. So, you know, to finish that thought up, it would be, for example, if I'm going to do a knee bend type of movement, like a squat, I might do say a um, more of a dynamic type of squat um, and then the next time they're in we might do something more of a yielding isometric like I mentioned before with the Bulgarian uh, squat so which is actually a ele- your back leg is elevated and you're more in a single leg uh, split squat type of position so you know that's that's just an example of I'd rather do that uh, frequently throughout the week than just just kind of destroy their legs on one day and then uh, not see them for a few more days and then then just do all upper body, right? So I'm, I'm very much into higher frequency and full body uh, training, but, but the main thing is you're not doing the same modalities every day. You are targeting different aspects. And, uh, and, uh, and this is important. I'll finish with this and I'll let you finish your thoughts. Just uh, with a lot of my clients, I stop them at two sets. So they not including workups, warm ups, stuff like that. They're, the first time in, couple sets. Let's get those in. And how many reps do I do? I don't care. I this I'm going to give you 30 seconds, for example, of good quality work. It might be a minute depending on the movement, and that's it. That's all. I just want you to do that, and we're going to do a couple sets of that. And again, that's going to tell me a lot, not necessarily that day, but in a couple days or the next day even, um, how are we responding to that? And then we can add a third set. So first week was a couple sets of everything. Second week, three sets of everything. But that also really allows you to go slower, pay attention to time under tension, pay attention to your FIT, your focus, intentional tension and and training and technique and not feel so rushed. And then as you're getting that skill back, of course, you have a little bit more time too, because you're getting more efficient. And and now uh, obviously your body is ramping up appropriately. So those, my final thoughts on that, don't jump back into five sets just because you did five sets, 10 weeks ago, start with two and then go to three, four like that. Yeah, I liked when you and Billy were talking in the last episode about the concurrent training and the the female study specifically about consistency was the main factor that they found as being 
helping people improve their strength and endurance. So I find that I was like, that's pretty interesting because that is how we train, you know, throughout the week, we're training five or six days a week, but yes, each session is not meant to kill you. It's meant to just get you to that point where you can come back the next day and perform really well. So I, I thought that was really neat that you guys covered that in, in the last episode. My secret to training legs as a runner, because no, no, no uh, leg day for a runner is a good day, or at least that's how I always felt. It was actually by training my legs every day. Yeah, that yeah. that made the difference. Just so, depends on how you do it. Exactly. Yeah. So it, there you go. High frequency, but uh, I don't destroy my legs on any one one day, and 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 they're doing pretty well that way. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed these thoughts. Please let us know if you have any questions. And uh, we, of course, love to get uh, some some um, comments from you. If you would leave us a review, if you would share us, like us, share us, all that good nonsense. But it does make a difference. It does help. And uh, we have recently gotten a lot, uh, kind of a surge in our downloads, which is actually really exciting. You're telling me that uh, just yesterday. So thank you, guys. Keep keep sharing us and uh we we really appreciate it uh we are growing and and we we can't thank you enough for that so keep sharing thank you so much 